All right, the Pelicans just rocked the Golden State Warriors on national TV, and it was an unlikely hero, kind of, that elevated the Pelicans. I'll tell you who it was and why it may impact the trade deadline. Plus, the three-point shooting stays hot, and it's not a fluke. Let's break it all down in a big-time Pelicans win in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans, a live episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with y'all coming to you live on a Wednesday night. This is the Thursday episode of Locked On Pelicans, right after the Pelicans straight up smoke the Golden State Warriors, 141. 105. My goodness, was that a dominant win. And there's a lot to take away from this one. Jonas Valanciunas was quietly a hero for the Pelicans in this one. One day after I said, maybe you don't look at trading him. We'll explain that, how it's important to the team. I want to look at the three-point shooting because the Pelicans were awesome in this one. A couple other things they did well. Then we'll get into why this is such an important win. A bit of a statement win as well for the New Orleans Pelicans. And if you're watching with me as we do the live show on YouTube, I'm not going to interact with the chat much during the show. We're going to save that all for a bonus bonus fourth segment that's only available on YouTube. So I'm seeing your comments. I'm going to be seeing your questions. I'm going to be interacting with y'all. We'll maybe go for an extra like half hour plus. We'll answer your questions with whoever wants to hang out in the chat here in a live episode of Locked On Pelicans. And of course, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We are here Monday through Friday, the number one Pelicans podcast, breaking down everything you want to know about this team, whether it's the trade rumors, the trade targets. We've looked at the offense. We've looked at the defense, the X's and O's. We're going to look at CJ McCollum in Friday's show. I want to look at the defense early next week as well, as well as recapping everything that's happening here. So subscribe wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. Become an everyday or listen Monday through Friday to the Locked On Pelicans podcast. And if you're an everydayer, let me know in the comments down below or in the live chat here as well. And I'll read a couple of them out as we get closer to that fourth segment. Today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA. Use code all lowercase locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. So Let's get into it. First of all, give me your just one or two word reaction to this Pelicans win in the chat on YouTube. I just want to see it. This was fun. If you're a Pelicans fan, this felt really good to do this on national TV. We'll talk more about that in the third segment. But I want to start with Jonas Valanciunas because he was fantastic for the Pelicans in this one. Yes, he was the leading scorer with only 21 points. That's how dominant this one was. 21 points, a 9 of 13 shooting, made two threes in the first quarter alone, nine rebounds, two assists, two steals, a block. He was awesome, right? Jonas Valanciunas, we can all agree, was awesome here. And I thought he was the best player on the court for the Pelicans in this one. This is a dude that's just reliable, right? This is why I've said maybe you don't look at trading him unless you can significantly upgrade. Maybe that's Jared Allen. Maybe not, though. 
This is a guy who gives you exactly what you need. And in the third quarter, when the Pelicans still had a double-digit lead, right? But the Warriors cut it down, I think, to 11, 13 or 11 in this one and got it a little bit close. Jonas Valanciunas came to the rescue. In the third quarter alone, he scored 10 straight points for the Pelicans. 10 straight points just getting inside, hammering the Golden State Warriors when they were playing small and didn't have anyone that could defend him whatsoever. I don't know if you need to trade that guy right now. I did a show earlier in the season saying maybe he's untradeable in the moment. I don't think he's actually untradeable, but you see that and man... You sure you want to move Jonas Valanciunas after a performance like that, unless you can get like an all-world center, but I don't think you need that on this team. We'll get into the three-point shooting. We'll get into Zion and BI in the third segment as well. He was just good out there, and you've got to give credit to the team and head coach Willie Green for realizing this. Jonas Valanciunas doesn't play the majority of the third quarter. He did in this game, and they just ran the offense through him. They realized that he had an advantage there, and this team took advantage of it, right? Like they dictated the game, which is not something that you always see. That's what you love to see from a head coach, right? Growth, realizing what in the moment, those in-game tactical decisions that need to be made, what the correct choice was. And he went with it here and absolutely got them the win, right? He pushed that lead basically by himself from around 10 points, a little bit more than that, to 20 plus points, That's big in a game where they were threatening a little bit and starting to make you a little bit nervous here. And Jonas Valanciunas closed that door on it. The other thing he did was play good defense, right? We know the offense. We know he's reliable there and what he can do. It was the defense. And I'm here to tell you, as I told you in yesterday's show, if you're an everyday He's been playing good defense. The Pelicans are an elite defensive team. They are an elite defensive team. You saw it in this game. We'll look at that in the Monday or Tuesday, one of those shows, I want to kind of break down what they're doing defensively and why it's working so well and why maybe you can get along with it, get away with it with Jonas Valanciunas out there. He was good defensively. You saw some blocks. You saw a little bit of rim protection. Yes, he's limited. He can't switch and get out on the perimeter, right? And the Pelicans like to run a switching scheme, which prevents guys from getting into the paint and opponents from getting into the paint. And that's how they kind of have rim protection here, right? Golden State Warriors just 48 points in the paint compared to 64 for the Pelicans in this game. But they are defending well with Jonas Valanciunas out there on the court, at least during the regular season. There might be some moments in the playoffs where he's hunted in the pick and roll, right? Like that's definitely something to worry about long-term. But that's also why you have Larry Nance Jr. I don't expect to see as much Jonas Valanciunas in the playoffs when you have Larry Nance Jr. on this roster that gives you the switching big that you want to really run the scheme that you want. And when they had him out there during the third quarter, right, they the Warriors didn't have anyone that could run the pick and roll, and that's where Jonas Valanciunas can really shine. He wasn't a liability out there on the court defensively when no team, when that team wasn't running the pick and roll. And so when you see that, the Pelicans took advantage. Again, they saw what the Warriors were doing, and they made the right tactical adjustments. It was great to see. That's growth, not just from this team, but from the coaching staff as well. There was growth with this team in general that you saw. I want to get into that again in the third segment when we look at kind of the overall victory that they had here, but I really want to highlight Jonas Valanciunas. When you look at this roster and upgrading at the trade deadline, which is less than a month away, it's why it's something I've been focusing on the show recently, you can upgrade from Jonas Valanciunas. Jared Allen is an upgrade. Don't get me wrong. 
But the amount of resources, picks, players you would need to send to get that upgrade, whatever that is, right? Is it this big? Is it that big? If it's not a significant upgrade, given how Jonas is playing, that the defense is good with him out there on the court, invest those resources in another area. Maybe that's more shooting. Maybe that's a backup point guard like Tyus Jones, someone I highlighted in yesterday's show, or Lowry Markkinen, right? There are other areas you can upgrade with that stuff that maybe gives you more of a gap there. It's just kind of maximizing the resources, the picks, the players that you have. So feeding the hot hand in Jonas Valanciunas, good defense from him, and it was an advantageous situation. And having a guy that you can rely on in the playoffs in Larry Nance Jr., who was great, right? You saw that SWAT that he had in the third quarter, maybe the fourth, I don't know, the second half all blurs together because they were dominating. This was a fun win here. And you saw just kind of what makes the Pelicans so dangerous out there on the court. So coming up, one of the things that made him dangerous in this game in the past couple of games since the Lakers lost is three-point shooting and moving the ball. Let's look at Trey Murphy, Herb Jones, Jordan Hawkins, everyone getting out there, moving the ball, getting those open three-point looks. Let's look at how the offense was elevated without Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram. Coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Right now, though, I'm excited to tell you about PrizePix because PrizePix is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It's also the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS because it's just you versus the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros, sharks, you pick more or less than the stat on the stat projection for two to six players. And then you just watch the winnings roll in. And with the NFL playoffs here, basketball season underway, you can get combo projections across both sports. So you can take CJ McCollum and Travis Kelsey at a combo of 10 and a half. Three-pointers made plus receptions. And they have an injury reboot policy, the only place that has something like this. Your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. If a player exits the game in the first half, doesn't return in the second, that player is rebooted. PrizePix is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. So go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA, a lowercase, and use code LockedOnNBA, a lowercase, for a first-time deposit match up to $100. That's free money right there, up to $100 on any first deposit that you make. So go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA, use code LockedOnNBA. PrizePix, it's daily fantasy sports made easy. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We are here Monday through Friday, the number one Pelicans podcast, breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team, whether it's trade rumors, trade targets, whether it's the X's and O's of the offense, the X's and O's of the defense, which we'll get into next week, whether it's individual play and why they're succeeding. We're going to look at CJ McCollum in Friday's show because he's playing outstanding basketball right now. We cover it all here. So make sure Locked On Pelicans is your first listen today and every day. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We also do these live shows. And in this live show, I got to get through the first three segments. There's things I want to talk about that you need to know from this win. And then we're going to get into the interactive part where I'm going to talk to the chat, interact with y'all here. There's a lot of y'all here with me. This is fun. It's going to be a bonus fourth segment. We'll go as long for a while. We'll go as long as there's questions, essentially. So we'll keep it rolling here on Locked On Pelicans. It's going to be a fun show. Make sure you get your questions ready for the fourth segment. And for your second listen today, it's a channel. 
Lockdown has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Lockdown Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Lockdown, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. So we are talking about the Pelicans. I keep laughing every time I see this score. 141 to 105. That is ridiculous. On the road. On the road. That's insane. I have a stat for you. This comes from Drew Porsche at Talent Stats. The Pelicans have scored 140 plus points in road games three times this season. Three road games with 140 plus scored. Prior to this season, they had scored 140 plus points in a road game three times total. They've doubled that, the franchise mark. In one season on national TV, right? I like what Eric uh, Peterson <laughs> says here. Can't collapse in the last five minutes if it's not a close game in the last five minutes. Yeah, you score 140 plus. You don't need to worry about it being a uh, close game, no crunch time. We'll get more into the win, the points, and the national TV stuff and everything with that. Because the Pelicans can definitely change the narrative after a win like that. Let's get into something, though, that really elevated them in this game, and that was the three-point shooting. They took 43s in this game. 4-0. They take normally around like 30, 31. That is a significant number here. Better than that. They hit 19 of them. 47.5% from three. Oh, we should all just be so happy about that. That is an absurd thing here, right? That is an absurd stat for a Pelicans team, but they've always been capable of doing this, right? And it started early. Jonas hit two threes in the first quarter. You had Herb Jones making threes. He was four of seven in this game for 12 points. You had Trey Murphy coming off the bench, started off a little slow, was one of six, and he finished four of 11. So he went three for his next five. He had 16 points. Jordan Hawkins getting minutes in this one with Jose Alvarado being available but not playing in this one. Hawkins comes in and starts four of four from three. 14 points. He was awesome in this one, right? Larry Nance Jr. hit a three. Dyson Daniels hit a three. CJ got it going early in the first quarter, too. He's two of seven, but the two threes were big. And he's been playing well, and his role is working here. When the three-point shot is falling for the Pelicans, look out. Look out when that's the case, because it opens things up so much for this team. So it doesn't always, though. It takes a little bit to get it to opening things up. So let's start with Herb Jones here, right? One of the reasons he shot seven times is he was wide open seven times, because the Golden State Warriors, as every team is doing to Herb Jones right now, doesn't defend him out on the perimeter. They leave him wide open and throw a second body in on Zion Williamson. One of the things I see people saying is like, Zion's not playing well. His numbers are down, right? We've talked about this if you're an everydayer on the show. They're doing that because the spacing has been bad because there aren't three-point shooting threats out there at times, right? You even saw Willie Green kind of fall into his trap here of playing too many defensive guys at once and just having no offense, no scoring, nor spacing for Zion Williamson. So, the book on how to slow Zion is out. It doesn't mean he's playing bad. It's just he's being defended really tough, I think is the bigger thing here. But when Herb Jones goes four of seven, here's what it does. It doesn't space the court yet. It makes it makes teams pay, right? Like that's kind of been the goal is it makes teams pay. When you make teams pay, they learn from those mistakes and they start adjusting and countering 
And that's what you're going to see start to happen with Herb Jones eventually. It might take longer in the season for it to get there, but him taking those shots, him making those shots is a really important thing. Over his last eight games, not counting tonight, because I don't have this one tallied into it, he is shooting 46% from three. That is an incredible number. When he gets the ball and takes that three, it's more like it's not more likely going in than not. That would be above 50%. But you get what I'm saying. He's making them pay. Eventually, that's going to be on the scouting report of, oh, hey, this guy's shooting well. We need to close out on him. We need to cover him. We can't keep him wide open for three in the corner. So him taking those shots and more importantly, making those shots, this really only works, right, if he makes those shots, makes teams pay. Eventually, eventually that will lead to better court spacing. It takes a while. It takes more than eight games. It takes more than like the final 20 games of last season. You've got to kind of, in a sense, change the perception of you as a player. And he's still thought of as a defensive guy with no offense, even though he's been working well off ball all season. And the three-point shot now starting to fall makes him a threat, makes teams pay. That's the biggest thing here. That's why we also call for more shooters, right? Let's get into Trey Murphy and to Jordan Hawkins here. Because them getting more minutes and more importantly playing with each other and playing with Zion Williamson. And this is the big thing. If there's one takeaway from this segment, well, there's two. It's that eventually, if Herb Jones, if, keeps making these three-point shots, the court will get space with him out there. The other part is, y'all saw the little two-man game developing between Trey Murphy and Jordan Hawkins, right? You can play those two together. That's a terrifying thing for opposing teams. Because guess what? Guess what? Those guys are already on the scouting report. You saw Trey's just deep three, which was a super smart play in the third quarter to go two for one at the end of that quarter to get two possessions to the Warriors one, which was an incredible move. Deep three like that, what are you supposed to do? You got to put someone on him. If he's going to take those and make those, that's going to be a problem. He's had a couple of games where he hasn't taken a shot inside like 28 feet. You have to defend him. He's on the scouting report. Same thing for Jordan Hawkins, right? He got on the scouting report after his first couple of games and they buried him on the bench and teams weren't as worried about him because they figured he wouldn't be playing a ton. But if he plays 20 minutes again and goes four or five from three, you're spacing the court now. And more importantly, making teams pay. That's what you want to see and that's what's going to terrify teams. All three of Trey's makes, I think, were Three of the four were deep threes above the arc. One was a corner three. That's ridiculous, right? That spaces the court. So when you're getting that, it's going to lead to spacing. And it's just going to make teams pay with everything with that. Um, so those deep threes, right? You had CJ McCollum in with them. So why are these shots falling? Why are these shots working? That's what I want to get to here too. It's because the ball is going inside. They're getting Zion in post-ups. He's kicking it out because they're playing unselfish ball and developing a lot of chemistry and you're seeing the ball move, right? Everything is in rhythm and good ball movement is leading to them finding open shooters and the right shooter and getting those guys the ball in their shooting pockets where they can get up with it and then of course launch the three in rhythm, which means you can just make that shot a little bit easier, right? They really did that in the half court a lot, but they also do it in transition. I haven't pulled the numbers. This is something I want to look at. We might turn it into a show, into a segment here, but they are lethal in transition in this game. I don't have the fast break point numbers in front of me here. Maybe I can find those really quickly. I don't even know if it's going to be kind of like accurate because I think some of those transition opportunities ended up not really being fast breaks, but they 
Also, basically with it was we're moving the ball well in transition, passing up a good shot for a great shot, leading to some wide open threes, and the Pelicans killed the Warriors in transition opportunities. So if you could be a good enough to above average to a lethal team and or a good half-court team offensively, that's scary, not something the Pelicans have always been. You can be lethal like that in transition where you get the highest point per play, point per possession, point per play type. That's something that's very, very scary to opponents. And it's why you're seeing the Pelicans again score over 140. They've done that in three road games now this season per talent stats. And that's something that they have never done before, right? They've had three total in franchise history and they've done three just this season alone. That's an incredible thing. The team is starting to find their rhythm, starting to get into the groove they want and be the version of them that they've imagined now that they are healthy with these guys, with them stepping up their play, right? Trey's stepped up. Herb Jones has stepped up. Jonas Valanciunas has stepped up. Notice we haven't even talked at all about Brandon Ingram or Zion Williamson yet. I'm, I'm looking at, what's the math here? We basically, I'm about to hit 21 minutes of me talking. And we haven't really talked about Brandon Ingram or Zion Williamson. That's an incredible thing to say, right? That's absurd. That's why when people have said you don't need to make a panic trade, right? The Knicks made that move for OG Ananobi. And I saw people, you know, and again, it's small vocal like minority on Twitter being like, make a move, Pelicans. What are you doing? They've believed in this team. They believed in what head coach Willie Green wants to do. It needed a little bit of time to get figured out. They're doing that. And now look at this team, right? Let's talk about kind of the larger picture around the team here. I want to look at Zion and BI here because I thought they actually like played relatively well. Not amazing, relatively well in this game, but it really opened things up for others. Let's talk about all of that, the bigger picture, and then a bonus segment where we're going to answer your questions from the chat here. So we'll do a bonus, like, I don't know, however long we want to go for and just talk with y'all and hang out. So that was a really uh, something we're going to do. It's going to be really fun. Stay tuned. One more segment, then we get to your questions in the chat. That's coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Right now, though, I want to tell you about Jace Medical. Look, we come to sports to kind of escape some of the crazy realities of life. But for a minute, let's talk about being prepared for real life. According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of one of the worst flu seasons in a decade. It's kind of scary. I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than if a friend or loved one or, you know, got sick while a supply chain issue kept them from life-saving medication they needed. But thankfully, no one needs to worry about that because of Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, among others, stuff that could happen to any of us. So visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician in your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Look, we live in South Louisiana. I keep one of these. I have a Jace case in my hurricane to go back, right? Like just in case you need to evacuate this something that could potentially save your life. So go to jacemedical.com and use code locked on to get $20 off your order. Again, jacemedical.com for a Jace case of five different antibiotics. Use code locked on to get 20% off your order. And 
thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We are here Monday through Friday, the number one Pelicans podcast, breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team. We have a bonus segment coming up where I'm going to answer your questions live here as we're streaming it. This has been a fun show here, a real fun kind of week for the Pelicans here. So subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. Be coming every day or listen Monday through Friday. Or if you listen one day a week, listen two days a week. You listen three days a week, try listening to four days a week. Up it a little bit. Supports the channel, helps keep this free and five days a week for you as we are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. A lot more coming. We're going to get back to the regular interviews with people like Aaron Summers, with Will Guillory of The Athletic as well. Things I want to talk about as we're hitting kind of the big part of the Pelican season and schedule and trade deadlines coming up. You don't want to miss a show. They sometimes build on one another here too. So please subscribe. Tell a friend about the show, right? This team's good. This team's fun. A couple of statement victories recently. If you have a friend that's not clued in, get him listening to Locked on Pelicans. For your second listen today, go support Ross Jackson. Host of Locked on Saints. Black and gold, what are they going to do? They're going to make some staff changes, right? Blowing out the Falcons and then still not making the playoffs. Kind of disappointing. Not even kind of. Big time disappointing. Definitely need to... Make some changes there. Ross Jackson going to be breaking down everything black and gold over at the Locked On Saints podcast. So let's let's wrap up this victory of 141-105. That's still such an absurd thing to say. Such an absurd thing to say. 141-105 win over the Golden State Warriors, right? We haven't even talked about Zion or Brandon Ingram. They just scored 141 points. And... We haven't talked about Zion Williamson or Brandon Ingram. We didn't really need to. Look, when you have the three-point shot falling like that, they don't need to fill it up in the stat sheet, right? Zion Williamson had seven assists in this game. He had the second highest, third highest, fourth, third highest plus minus of anybody on the team in this one, the most out of the starters, even more than Jonas Valanciunas. When that three-point shot's falling because he is a focal point of the offense, get him the ball, let him kick it out, let them move the ball till... They find an open shooter and it's the right shooter and they get the ball to that shooter in the right spot, just like we talked about in the last segment. Good things happen. He's a focal point, just three, four guys, right? Then you saw him start to take over the fourth quarter just a little bit, get things going. Just a quiet 19.7 assists, five rebound night on 12 shot attempts. Just like didn't even feel like he broke a sweat. He looked in command of this game, didn't he? If you saw him in those TV timeouts, right, talking to head coach Willie Green, talking to other guys on the Pelicans, he knew what the Golden State Warriors were going to do. He looked like he had been watching film. He looked, and Doris Burke said it, one of our favorites here of Locked On Pelicans. By the way, Doris Burke listens to Locked On Pelicans, listens to all of the Locked On shows. She knows what's up. And Zion looked like he had just been more locked in, more prepared, gave more of an effort, just cared, like gave more of a damn, right, in this game than he has before. He's coming around. I thought he took too much flack. After that loss to the Los Angeles Lakers. I really did. I even defended him on the show. And you're seeing why. Again, teams are defending him differently. That's knocking down his counting stats that you see in the stat sheet on basketball-reference or in the box score. But he's impacting the game in very, very positive ways. And he's even trying harder on defense. It's really all you can ask for him right now. He looks good right now. Like He looks really good right now. Even if the points per game, those type of things aren't like 
the highest they could be. It's definitely okay. B.I. was somewhat of the same way. He was just kind of trying to do his thing. They were throwing double teams at him. You know, he was taking probably tougher shots than he needed to, but he's definitely been playing so well that I think he's earned the right to do that. You'd like a couple more threes from him, but again, you just didn't need him to do much and just keep the ball moving and do his thing. And he was, again, locked in defensively. We did a whole show on how he's been playing on defense, and he has been really, really good. Right. One of the things you notice from him here is he's working as, you know, the help defender really well. He plays the low man role often. And I'll break that down with what the Pelicans do defensively, where he rotates over and you see him just cutting off dribble drives to the rim. There were a couple of times when he was the primary defender and they tried to take him one on one and he just positioned his body well, moved his feet well, the footwork was good to cut those drives off and then kind of throw the entire Warriors offense out of whack because of it. He was just great in this one. What I also loved about this game is it was a national TV game. Let me ask you this. How many times, this is a rhetorical question. You know the answer if you're a big Pelicans fan. How many times have the Pelicans pooped the bed, I was like, can't swear, pooped the bed on national TV. How many times has there been a national TV game and they just come out looking horrible, like they did against the Los Angeles Lakers in Vegas, right? Or how many times in seasons past have they basically, like, not had Zion play, right? National TV game and, oh, he's going to be out for whatever reason. Now, there's rules with that this season, but they went in and just dominated this team in a way that they should. Two games, Two games they've done this in a row, and they've done this repeatedly, actually, right? Two games in a row now, they've come out so strong that the opposing fans, they're on the road, they're in a hostile arena, and boos are coming down from the fans there, not from the not for the Pelicans, but for the Kings, for the Golden State Warriors. The Kings fans love that team. They love the light, the beam, and everything, right? They have a very loyal and passionate fan base. They don't boo the Kings very often. They booed him on Sunday with what the Pelicans did, being up by as many as 50 freaking points. And then you go into Golden State, Dynasty, and you smack him in the face, and their fans boo them? After all of those titles, that's how demoralizing it was. We don't normally see the Pelicans do this. This has not been something that they've done in seasons past, right? How many times have we said they kind of play down to their level of competition, right? They crap the bed on national TV, regularly, but they haven't been letting off the gas here. They haven't been coming out looking flat. How many games in the beginning of the season did you need Jose Alvarado and Najee Marshall to bring the energy off the bench to elevate the level of play from this team? You didn't need that in the last game. You didn't need that in this game either. That's growth. That's growth from the players. That's growth from the coaching staff getting these guys ready. That's exactly what you want to see from this team. And that's what's making them scary right now. And to do this on national TV, this is a changing the narrative game. I might change, when I change the headline, do everything after this, I might kind of change it to that because the Pelicans just, I think, changed the narrative about them. If you watched, I'm not going to like take shots at national media coverage, right? National media coverage is like cursory is best. I do Locked On NBA. It's our national show. Gets a ton of listens. I got to cover every team around the league. So one night a week, I'm a national media person. I get it. You just can't have the level of insight on all 30 teams that you can on one, right? So I get when you go to ESPN, when you watch NBA Countdown, they're not talking properly about the Pelicans. That's why you come to me. It's why you go to other places that are Pelican-centric or should. 
and tell friends about that so that they come too and support Locked On Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day like that. But the entire narrative around the Pelicans was, what exactly? They don't trust him. They don't trust him. This team's not good. I don't think this team's good. It was more about the Golden State Warriors to start the game. It was entirely about the Golden State Warriors to talk the game. I think when they were doing picks, everyone picked the Warriors, right? Or most people picked the Warriors on that show. And they didn't talk at all about how well the Pelicans have been playing, right? You know they have a top three defense. I think actually the best defense for the past month since that loss to the Lakers. They've had a top five offense, a top five defense since that loss to the Lakers, and they look really good. And we've been talking about it here on Lockdown Pelicans. They didn't mention it once on national TV. That's okay. That's not really their job. It's fine, in my opinion, right? But now, after this one, after this one, uh uh-uh, they looked too good. They've been playing too good to ignore. This is a change the narrative kind of game. One of the things about the Pelicans in January, what did I say if you're an everydayer? As we previewed the January schedule, it's tough. There's a couple tough games coming up, right? We're going to really know who the Pelicans are and what they're made of after this January schedule. Guess what? They just answered the call big time on ABC, the biggest stage you could get on here. They were on and they killed it and beat one of the most popular teams in the league. Statement game, I think, was the game against the Minnesota Timberwolves where they beat the top team on the road, killed them. This one was a change the narrative game. This is, okay, you can't ignore this team now. They're playing too good, playing too well, whatever it is. We're going to be covering it here on Lockdown Pelicans. This was a fun one. This was a fun one. And it just said a lot about this team. So coming up, I'm going to end. It's going to look like I'm ending the show. We're going to hit the outro card. I'm going to say goodbye. I'm not actually saying goodbye. We're going to go into the live Q&A part, right? Your questions in the chat. We've got a ton of y'all in here. We'll go for a while doing this. This is a lot of fun. We're all excited about the win. It was also an early West Coast game, so that was really cool too. So stick with me for like a minute here as we wrap up the show. Bonus fourth segment on YouTube starting in a second. So that's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Become an everyday or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube as well. Comment down below on YouTube. Comment in the chat right now if you are an everydayer. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. The image is coming. Stick with me. We're going to stay live and we're going to answer your questions next in a bonus episode, bonus segment on Locked On Pelicans.